I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Joined again today by Jackson Hastings. We went through and spoke to him the other day about returning to the NRL, West Tigers, time in England, how he's developed as a person and a footballer. Highly advise you go back and have a listen to that one. But today, he's on naming his dream team. And, mate, you've obviously been in uh, quarantine for a week and a half odd now. Uh, You had plenty of time to go through this. And I know that when I asked you to tell me today, you had to make changes once again. It's a uh, tough gig, isn't it? Yeah, honestly. Um... I spent, I reckon, I reckon I spent three hours on it. And like, for me, it was hard because I didn't want to disrespect um, anyone of the past. And it's obviously hard for me as a 25-year-old kid to have seen some of the absolute legends of the game play. So a lot of who I picked, I went off what I've, what I've seen respectfully. But there's obviously some names in there that you'll find out that are some of the greats of the game that deserve to be in there for, from what they've done and are going to be hard to go past no matter what era that anyone plays in. Mate, there's one guy on this list which we'll talk about him soon, and I think you know who it is. He hasn't featured uh, in a dream team so far. No one's mentioned him, but a champion of our game could be an immortal, in my opinion. But we'll get to him. Let's kick off with your fullback, mate. Um, I think he's the most popular guy to pick at fullback for the vast majority of people, Billy Slater. I uh, imagine you would have played against yeah. him on a couple of occasions. Uh, why did Billy get the nod there, mate? I mean... He changed the game, Bill, didn't he? Like, I mean, fullback went from that that running presence and, and he was always a runner and then he developed the pass and, and now every fullback in the modern day has to be able to pass, do you know what I mean? So, I mean, if you change the way the game's played, you, you have to be in the dream team. Obviously, you got you got your Turbos and you got your Tedescos coming through and there's been some other fantastic fullbacks and they may eclipse Billy one day, but as speaking right now the greatest fullback of all time for me is Billy Slater without a doubt and obviously playing against him and, and watching him at the highest level you know I think you understand how good a player is when they dominate it at the highest level and he obviously dominated for Queensland and Australia for, for a decade so I mean he was he was probably to be honest mate he was probably my easiest choice out of everyone yeah I think he's probably the easiest pick for the majority of people it's interesting when we look at Slater's career he was obviously Queensland fullback, Australian fullback for, you know, the vast majority of his career. Carmichael Hunt competed with him for a little bit, then he left. So it sort of was Slater's jersey. 
Obviously, the two guys you yep. mentioned, Teddy and Turbo, that people are sort of tracking their careers to Slater. They're obviously both competing for the same rep jerseys all the way through. So, I mean, if one of them was to catch Billy, which would be an unbelievable effort in the first place, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for one of them to even just knock out the other realistically. Yeah, it's crazy how good they both are. Like, I've, I got to see Turbo on the flash week to week at training at Manly while I was there for that for that year and a bit. And the bloke, for the, for the size of him and how quick he moves across the ground, but then... To have the balance between being so strong and, and so silky with his hands is crazy. But the thing that Turbo's got is just humility, just a very humble character. Comes from a great family. Obviously, his brother's the same. But his work ethic is second to none. I mean, um, him and Daly, actually, when I was at Manly, had their own conditioning sort of um, length. So, like, there was, like, a 76-metre, an 80-metre, a 90-metre for the really fit guys. And they had their own 100-metre because they just pushed themselves to the limits. And there's no... There's no question as to why they've been two of the better players of of the modern era, him and him and Cherry. So I mean, I can't speak on behalf of Teddy. I've only ever played against him, and he's such a believable talent, captain of New South Wales and, and could be Australia um, in the World Cup too. So I mean, they've both won a Dally M, um, both won Origin series. The only thing that Teddy's got is is the premierships. Obviously, playing in those great Rooster sides. So I mean, if Turbo can get a couple of them, it's it's pick out of a hat, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be very a very interesting narrative to watch. And obviously both chasing Slater, but Slater has just set the benchmark so high. And I think the thing about Slater is we always talk about, you know, the tries he scored. He's right up there with the very best in the ball playing. He, he brought in a kicking game at the back end of his game. But in defense too, I think he's the best defensive fullback by far and away we've ever seen. Yeah, he, he um the way he got from like behind the ruck to save a try in the corner or when he used to like slide and get his, get his legs under the ball or flying with his shoulder when you're allowed to, it wasn't a shoulder charge but he just threw his body on the line I think you can see a lot of fullbacks obviously bring that into their game now Turbo saved a lot of tries Caelan Pong is really good at it for someone that's not very big he does a lot of what Slater does in terms of flying around the back of a of shape and, and cleaning up people over the sideline too so I mean everything that you see from the modern fullback stems of what Billy did and I mean well time greats for sure and um, the best fullback I've definitely ever seen no doubt I used to love watching Billy where they, you know, whoever they were playing would be on the Melbourne line and he would he would make a tackle and he'd be at second marker on fourth tackle and then all of a sudden he would just appear 25 metres across on the other side of the park and clean up a grubber. Like, just the just the understanding to know where that kick was going to be, even though you're in the midst of tackling another 120-kilo human to get up and get yourself there. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Football now, so I think, gets underrated with Billy. I think if you listen to Cam and Cooper talk, they reckon they reckon he was the smartest out of all of them. So, I mean, that's pretty good if you've got a better footy brain than Cam Smith. So, I mean, fuck, bro, what a player, man. I love when you hear Cam Smith talk about when they were, when they were doing their video sessions and they were coming up with plays and Billy would say oh, something yeah. Cam would just sit there, sit there, sit there, and it would always finish with, and I get the ball here, and, and he'd start pissing himself and stuff. I think it's unreal. But you've got to have that. I want to say yeah. that, that that almost selfish side, but selfish in a positive way. And I, for, for me, that's one thing I've noticed with Turbo this year. You mentioned he's extremely humble, but this year he started to understand that I need the ball in certain moments and it just has to be that yeah. way because I can take advantage of it. Yeah, what is he? I think he's six foot four, five hundred kilos and would be top 15 quickest in the comp. I mean, if, I love it. you know what I love that Turbo does? And I don't think apart from probably GI and, and the troll when you're 10 out of a quick ruck and he just comes off like a 40 meter run up and just runs straight and scores. And it looks like he's playing under tens. 
That's crazy, man. Yeah, and <laughs> you've got to have the mindset to know that in that moment, I need to do that. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just need to get the ball, that's all. From so far away, it's crazy. Like, he won't be anywhere near the play. <laughs> They'll get a, a quick ruck five out. He's come flying from, from their own 40 and just scores. And it's just like, oh, I used to see blokes. Do, I used to see Jack Bird do that in under 12s at Berkeley. <laughs> Mate, let's move to your wingers and two champion guys two two very different footballers though we'll start with brett morris uh obviously retired at the end of this season um you know hundreds of tries an incredible player defensively fantastic as well yeah. um a guy that i think as well it's sort of underappreciated for me he was the first real aerial sort of guy he really changed the way that guys were scoring tries i think it's a really underappreciated factor in his career probably one of the most not disrespected underappreciated as you just said players of all time I mean if you look at his try scoring record at every single club he was at he just scored bags for the tries every year but the thing I loved about him is he developed with the game as you said like he was always that fast nippy winger then when wingers needed to take tough carries he built his body into being able to do that um, he was like one of the first guys that they went well if I kick to the other side of the field can you catch above your head he could do that Defensively, he was smart. And then just how tough him, him and his brother, to be fair, both were. They both had inspirational moments and sort of origin and things like that too. But I know there's some great wingers. I obviously left out Eric Grove Senior, who's obviously always a hit. Steve Steve off. I know he's a centre, but people put him on the wing at times. Um, Israel Flowers got to, got to say, like, I mean, the way he sort of was iconic for what he did. But for me, oh, Lottie Dekiri, like he's another one, all-time great. Um, but for me, Brett Morris, just every year he played, got better and, and changed with the game and um, one of the greatest I've ever seen, that's for sure. It's crazy to think that at the start of the 2021 season, if I said to you, who's the best winger in the game? I mean, if it wasn't Brett Morris, he had to be in the top three. He had to be at the top three yeah. at worst. And then you think back to 2010 when they won the comp and he was the best winger in the game. That was 11 years ago. And I don't think there's any position that's probably harder to stay the best at with the amount of young kids that they only become faster, they only become stronger. Brett Morris, he improved his career, went on, but still very similar football of 2010 to 2021. He was just consistent as all hell. He just become so smart, didn't he? Like he, he understood that he wasn't as fast as people, so he could get himself in positions where he didn't have to be fast, if you know what I mean. But he's just... He's a freak, bro. Like, honestly, he's that strong. The Morris boys are so strong. And and you know what I loved about him too? He wasn't a natural passer or anything like that. But if you put him back to fullback, he'd just do such a good job there. And he played centres at times and done a really good job there. He was just an all-around really, really, really good rugby league player. So uh, um, he was he was a pretty easy choice for me, actually. I've got a lot of respect for the way he played. Mate, uh, probably the best winger in rugby league before Brett Morris. Uh, their careers actually overlapped. The beginning of Morris is the end of Wendell Sailors at the Dragons. Uh, Wendell, for me, also changed the game as far as he was like having, you know, an eighth forward on the field. Um, <laughs> coming out of your own end, he was just so destructive. Obviously, very lippy as well, but he would always back it up. I used to love watching him and Mad Dog go against each other. That was just the peak of rugby league in the in the 90s. Yeah, how, how good was it when... Uh... Dell went back to the Dragons and then um, <laughs> our dog was at the Knights and they were both old as and Wendell was scoring tries and he was touching his fingers and Matt scoring and he did the same thing but Wendell actually texted me the other night and said he be, um, I better put him in the team because I'm going to be living near him so I mean he made sure that he was in the team nah I'm only joking but he um, he's just so good man like if you actually go back and watch Wendell I know everyone looks at him and 
how is his character and things like that. But if you actually watch him as a player, he was destructive, bro. Like him and Lottie Dakiri back in the day, like I've obviously watched highlights and things like that of when they were at the Broncos and they were just special, man. Like there's, he obviously had Lockyer and, and Renoff and, and the Walsers boys and people like this in their team. But those two were just, man, freaky. And then to both go across to Rugby Union and then be even freakier or as good there and kill it even more. And then for Wendell to come back and still play at a high clip when he was getting on. And, and even Lottie come back and, and won a comp. He like, won a comp, yeah. Uh, them two, bro. So I've got a lot of respect for Lottie DeKiri and his career and what he done, but I just edge with Dell. And the scary thing is with the two of them, you could put Dell or Lottie, no one would argue with you. And I don't think we saw their peak of their career in rugby league. I think they were at Union for their absolute peak. So they're making best teams ever when arguably they were at 70, 80% of their best. It's scary to think about. Yeah, I know. That's that's crazy. But like, honestly, it was a toss-up between them two. I wrote both their names down, actually, and I just put like a, like a line in between them and then just had their names and, I actually went back on. I went back on YouTube, bro. That's how. That's how. In depth. <laughs> Send it upstairs. And honestly, Wendell's highlights were, were, were so grouse. So I was gonna. I was actually gonna put on my Insta and just go do like a like a poll, like a vote. But um, nah, they're both um, they're both iconic for their own for their own reasons, and, and both played the game very similar, and and were both very successful too. So um, yeah, Dell got the nod. Just mate, let's dive into your centers. You just mentioned the word iconic, uh, Greg Inglis. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any other way to describe English realistically. Uh, obviously, started at the Melbourne Storm. Mate, do, do you remember that first season? He looked like he was about 72 kilos. No one could handle him. Moved to 5'8". Looked like he put on 15 kilos. It was crazy. When he had the blonde in his hair, he yeah. had the streaks. That's <laughs> the little right. streaks, yeah. He was and, scoring um, off yeah. every second scrum. Like He was just doing stuff that no one else could do. He's... He's probably the most special bloke I've ever seen. I, I didn't get to watch Mal play, but obviously people say he's like Mal, but but different. Some say better. Um, he's probably the one player that I played against where I was legitimately nervous to come up against. I played him a handful of times. I think it was once or twice in the centres when he was on my side of the field, and that was nerve-wracking. But the most nerve-wracking was when he was at fullback and you had to kick chase or... He got out the back of a block shape and you thought, like, what am I actually going to do here? Like, I actually thought to myself, how am I going to tackle him? Like, I, there's no point getting my body right in front because he'll run over me. I didn't want to be on one of his highlight reels either. So I used to get dead nervous about playing against him. But I wish we saw more of him over in England. He obviously signed with Warrington and, and Tories had me pretty bad and had to retire. But um, what he's done in the game's iconic, mate. And like, now we compare a lot of people that play similarly to, to Greg and that sort of stature in the game, I think he'd make everyone sort of dream 13, but he's one of, if not the best players I've ever seen in my life. And um, it was an honor to play against him. Imagine as a half, mate, you're uh, leading your, your your kick chase. Must must be at the top of your priority list. But I imagine when you're kicking to Greg, you uh, you probably let it slide, don't you? <laughs> the copper spray video for not chasing that if GI is at fullback, that's yeah. for sure. But Just wear it. That's my fine. first. Mate, my first ever involvement in the NRL was a tackle on GI and he sat me on my ass. I remember um, I ran on and I passed at the piercing and he, he went for like a low grubber down the short side and I was full of energy. Like I'm 18, I'm playing first grade against South for the minor premiership. So I thought, oh, I'll fly down there. But as soon as GI like picked it up, I tried to like steady because no one was around me. So he just went, oh, I'll just run over this little kid. And, and he did exactly that. I remember just seeing his size 14 in my face and 
made a little bit of a half break. And from then on, I went, fucking hell, first grade's a lot harder than under 20s. How good. Mate, your other yeah. center. Um, iconic as well. It's actually the first time he's been picked in one of these teams, which has always shocked me. Um, Steve Rogers, uh, an immortal of the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, I, I always think that if he's made an immortal of rugby league tomorrow, I think a few people would raise their eyebrows. But once you actually look back at his career and you watch old tape of, tapes of him, he was just something yeah. else, wasn't he? Yeah, so I, I obviously wasn't around to watch him play. My dad played against him. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad always said that Steve Morris was his favourite ever player. Um, I got to meet Matt a few times. Matt's a lovely bloke as well, his son. So, um, you know, I've seen tape of Steve play and, and what he did, man, was was special. Like when you talk about someone gliding across the rugby league field, that's what Steve Rogers did. And he was just pretty to watch, man. Like, uh, unbelievable talent and and as you said I'm surprised he hasn't been in, in more of these dream teams but for me when I look at the whole sort of landscape of rugby league and how it's changed he was that first guy that just moved so elo- eloquently for me anyway from what I was able to see going back watching tape on him and I suppose my dad playing against him gave me that edge to sort of lean towards him and I mean it's hard to leave out blokes like Mal Meninga and people like that too but um, just watch what Steve done in that Cronulla team and and things like that, um, I just sort of sided with him. I think effortless is the best word to describe how he moved. It was just, rugby league was just so natural to him. Uh, And, you know, as we said, Matt, champion player as well. Uh, It's it's crazy to think how much Matt achieved. You know, he was in the same boat as, you know, Wendell um, and Lottie went to Union, was incredibly successful, came back, played Origin, played for the Kangaroos, did it, and, I mean, we, we probably don't even put them in the same conversation, Matt and Steve, realistically. Like, And it's credit to Steve, you know, obviously. It's crazy. Best father-son duos ever, and, and, and Matt hardly gets a mention, which is which is quite weird that, like, no one puts that sort of respect on Matt's name because he was a freak, mate. Like, he, he played the game tough, but he made it look kind of easy as well. Like, yep. he, I remember that night that he went to dummy half in Golden Point and kicked the field goal from dummy half and, and just things like that that you remember and, um, one of the greatest father-son duos to, to play in RL, I reckon. That's just my opinion anyway. Let's move uh, into your halves. Controversial here. Um, oh, two, two guys that are very common in, in a lot of sides, obviously. And I think the halves, I think you mentioned it the other day, are easily the hard, oh, de- definitely the hardest positions to pick because you have to leave out so many champions. At 5'8", you've yeah. gone for Thurston, mate. I know that... Um, he was one of, if not your idol growing up? Yeah, so like for me, as I said, I picked the team on blokes that I got to play against, got to watch, and I got to see the whole of Thurston's career. And then the way Thurston spoke about by everyone in the game from, from top to bottom, that he's arguably in the top, what, five players ever, let alone his position. So, I mean, when you look at it, like, it's almost impossible to leave out um, Wally Lewis, Darren Lockyer, Freddie out of your starting team, Brett Kenny, uh, Kev Walters. Like, there's so many iconic players that have worn the six. And I know Thurston played majority of his career at seven, but the bloke I picked at seven would compliment Thurston at six, I think. So, I mean, it was, it, it was a tough choice, but an easy choice. I mean, I've got so much respect for JT and the way he played and how he started off his career and went from a he was not not a bad boy, but he done some he done some things, and and he become one of the complete role models and, and idols of the game. So, I mean, that in itself made me lean towards him. And then as a rugby league player, he did everything in the game times four. So, 
um, yeah, he was a special talent. Just off the dome, I, I, I could be wrong, but did, did you almost have an opportunity to go up and play with him? Yeah. So when I one of the roosters at 17, um, I flew up to Townsville and I met him and um, got got a tour of the facility and I was I was close, I was real close to going there, but my my sisters were really young and I, my family weren't sort of prepared to to move um, that far away and then. I was probably lucky that I didn't because obviously I struggled in Sydney only being an hour and a half away from my family in terms of like childish behaviour and things like that too. So you could imagine if I was like a two and a half hour flight away, how much of a struggle it could have been for me. But then obviously I could have been under his guidance. And you just never know what could have been, but it would have been a great honour and it was um, definitely tempting to play play alongside him if I was given the opportunity, but ended up going to the Roosters and that, and that for the majority of the part actually worked out to be a great move for me. So can't really complain. Let's talk about halfback, mate. Uh, another guy that is picked in the vast majority of teams, Joey Johns. Um, obviously the guy before Jonathan Thurston. Um, I, yeah. I'm only you know th- three or four years old, older than you, but I imagine that we're, we're probably the perfect guys to be loving Joey as a kid, then loving JT as a kid. It sort of was that overlapping yeah. little period. What are your memories of, of Joey, mate? different like just so much different than everyone else like he had, had the big step where he could take the line on um, one of the one of if not the best defensive halfbacks of all time um, would bend people in half ultimate leader um, loved a good time away from the field but as soon as it come to game time no one was better than him won, won big games on his own um, just arguably the greatest player of all time so I mean you talk when you talk about greatest players of all time. You always say Johns or Smith. Who are you taking? And and for me, that's a it's a great conversation to have over a beer, as, as you'd like to say. But Joey's the best halfback I've ever seen. Um, and I don't think too many people would argue. You've got your Cooper Cronks and and people that have achieved things like that. Obviously Thurston at seven as well. But for me, Joey's Joey's a guy that I'd love to have played with, and and he's certainly a guy that I'll have on my team at seven every day post the other day in a podcast talking about the best sidesteppers in rugby league and I had about 15 names down and then I put it on Instagram to see what people would say you know got got a heap of more guys that were mentioned and I sort of sat there and I went fuck it's weird that no one has mentioned Joey like granted he didn't have like a Benji step or a Freddie step but mate every time he stepped something happened every single time it like criminal I think the rest of his game was so good that it's sort of underrated, underappreciated, forgotten, whatever you want to call it. But when he used to come off his left or his right, especially in some of those origin clips, he was unbelievable. He's like, when, I, when I look at these dream teams and that, I, I touched on it before with Slater, when you're the best player in, in an origin series or you're the best player for Australia in a World Cup and you're consistently in those teams and, and you're the best player in those teams and you're the captain of those teams, like it's hard to leave you out of a dream 13. And I mean, in end, I always get goosebumps when I hear Gus talk about when um, they flew Joey back for that game or got him back for that game in Origin um, Origin Series and, and he ran the session on, on Captain's Run or whatever it was and he went out there and got man of the match and like, he was a saviour and things like that. Like I get goosebumps thinking of things like that too. So, I mean, only a special type of player can do that. So, um, yeah, Joey, Joey's a goat for me. Speaking to uh, Anthony Minicello on the podcast, he was obviously the fullback in that team and they lost game one. Joey came in and he said that, you know, essentially after the first hour at Coogee Oval, walking around barefoot with Joey going through a captain's run, he was like, fuck, I know we're going to win this series. Not not only this game, 
I know we're going to win this series. Yeah. And, of course, Joey put Mini over for three or four tries in the next two games. Uh, just unbelievable to look back on. Yeah, like, if you, go- if you Google it, it's like the first thing that comes up is, th- is that game, game two at ANZ, where he kicks, kicks, tips the post, Mini scores. Um, he does that play where he, he dummies open, plays back to Badiris, he scores. He does a play with Trent Barrett where they put the centre over, kicks a 40-20, kicks goals from the sideline. Like, it's shit you dream of as a kid, man. Like, I watch it with my mates all the time, eh? Like, oh, what do you want to do? Fuck, let's just watch Joey's highlights, bro. <laughs> like, this, fuck. Honestly, like, I, if you went on my laptop, this is how much of a nerd I am with footy. I've got fucking so many people's highlights just in the search bar, like, when I'm bored and that. And I've been in there and I've watched a fair few. Like, you know who I watched the other day who played seven that, like, underappreciated Scott Prince bro oh, mate criminally underappreciated I, I I love Benji Marshall I love him to bits and I think people credit that 05 premiership to Benji bro that was Scott Prince's premiership he, he was the guy yeah. in that team the Clive didn't he, he got the Clive he was the captain he, he did it all it seems he loves him actually we were speaking about it in um camp and I said he, he said like oh he was bringing up clips of the 05 thing and he was there was a lot of Princey and Benji and uh, Brett Hodgson. Like, what a spine, man. Like, um, But I said, he goes, what do you think of Scott Prince? And I said, beautiful. Because I thought he meant like how he played. And like that's how I describe it. It looked yeah. beautiful. He goes, I don't mean how he looks, you dickhead. And I was like, well, he's, he's a good-looking bloke too, Timmy. So either way, I'm right. You know what I mean? But yeah, Scotty Prince's skill set was mad, bro. Mad. You mentioned there that, that, that 05 Origin game. And I, I mean, that, that, that play that, the one that you mentioned where Joey comes off his right foot and he throws this seed between the markers and hits Badiris blind. Like, like you watch on that play, he comes, as we said, with his step, he comes off that right foot and it just throws the whole line into disarray. And then to put a ball through the markers, I mean, fuck, that's hard to do at Oztag, let alone at State of Origin. That's unbelievable. That against my sister's team down at the park, bro. So, like, to do it at Oztag is crazy. But I had him at the Roosters when he was the, um, the halves coach, bro. He used to turn up. Word of a lie, no shoes on, would have his phone, these keys, and just drop it on the ground. <laughs> It'd be like a session just for the halves. He'd go, fuck, right. Um, right, put a pole there, put a pole there. Right, two-step that way, no look, step, throw this. And he, he'd go and do it with no shoes on and hit this pole 20 metres away, left to right. And he goes, Joe, you pricks, it wasn't a fluke. I'll do it right to left and hit the pole again. And here we are, like it was like me, Jaden Nicarima, um, Ryan Madison at the time, Mitchell Pierce. Uh, Pierce, he was real good at it. Pierce, he's got a great skill set. He was he was the best out of us, obviously. But us kids were like, how the fuck are they doing this, man? And he was doing it barefoot with Sonny's on, bro, with his keys hanging out his back pocket. Just a man. So good, man. I, I, I saw him like 18 months ago in New South Wales camp. He, they, there was a clip on their website of him doing a session with Nathan Cleary, and he was working with him doing that sort of that that bending grubber that goes behind the sticks and then curls around the dead ball line and then shock me we get to the final series this year and it's almost the kick that wins two or three games for Penrith you know crazy nah he um but he made it he just like I just will never forget it bro he's just walking across concrete with no shoes (laughs) no shoes on shades he's uh, got a new tattoo on his foot just like oh I'll just wear no shoes got a tattoo on my foot just throw on these peaches Fucking hell. Only, only, and <laughs> he's got a mad sense of humour too. That's what I love about him. Like, caught call, call me the eighth. <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal, eh? It's fucking, I, oh. I've seen him a few times down at uh, down at the dog in uh, in Ramwick, and I mean, he, he, he's pretty much part of the furniture there. But 
I mean, when, when, when he wins on a horse there, I mean, the whole room wins, you know. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah. He just... What a... And, and, and if he loses a new win and you're celebrating, he'll fucking spray you for it. He'll let you know about it. It's fucking so good. Yeah. It's great. You know, what's crazy. This might be a this might be an unpopular opinion, or actually, it could be a popular with people. I think Maddie. I've worked with Maddie and Joey. I think Maddie's detailed in terms of like coaching a half is probably a little bit better than Joey's from from what I've experienced. Joey's natural skill and talent and the way he can do things, he probably gets frustrated that people can't do it as good as he can. Whereas Matty breaks it down better. I remember I done a session with him and he just said like, Oh, what do you think you're good at? And I said, Oh, I don't really know. I don't really know. I feel like I'm a good runner of the ball. And he goes, fuck me, run the ball then. <laughs> I was like, yeah. all right. And he, we just practice for half an hour, just running the footy and things like that. But his attention to detail, Matty's like, second and none man it's crazy like I really enjoyed um, the sessions I did with him and I'm actually going to hit him up and, and try and do a few of him in the off season as well well mate oh, I can imagine that for a guy like Matty who you know a great player don't get me wrong but wasn't as naturally gifted as Joey I think Matty probably had to work harder to achieve what he yeah. did so I imagine that for someone that's had to go the hard way around it's probably easier to explain to other guys how to do it whereas a guy like Joey that it seemingly just came so natural. It must be hard. I, I remember talking to Isaac John, and he was saying when he was playing with Stacey Jones, and he'd ask him for tips, and Stacey would go, oh, just look up. And Isaac would be like, that doesn't fucking help me. I'm not you. Like, I, ne- I need yeah. more than that. I, that's not enough. I imagine it must be pretty uh, a similar situation with Joey. As I, yeah, as I said, yeah, he was doing these drills. He had shades on, bro. Like he couldn't even see the ball when he was hitting it. So much of you could see it, and he and he had boots on. He didn't even have boots on. Have you watched that clip when he's in Origin camp and they're at Suncorp? Uh, was it this year? Or, no, it must have been last year. And he was forty out, and he goes cross. He goes torpedo crossbar, and he puts up this torpedo bomb and he hits the crossbar, and he goes, "That's why they call him with the eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the king, absolute king, mate. Let's dive into the forward pack, and I'm I'm going to leave uh, the the props for now because we just spoke Joey. Let's talk Scam Cam Smith, Sam Smith, Jesus, Cam Smith. Obviously, you got the C next to his name. Um, for yeah. me, I think as you said, it's got to be Joey or Smith as the greatest ever. Um, yeah. Why Cam Smith is the captain over a guy like Joey? Well, I'm just going off what I've obviously been able to see. Um, and then obviously what I've heard from I've been in teams where players have made rep teams and played with Cam Smith and um, played at origin level with him and played for Australia with him. I've known a few boys in the storm system. And, you know, the one thing that always stood out for me is when people come back from origin that that I played with Lockyer, who they reckon is one of the uh, most inspirational, inspirational, sorry, and influential players ever. When, when he spoke, everyone listened, but apparently when Smith spoke, people used to get goosebumps. He could get anyone up for any sort of game and, I mean, he's he's a champion, and he like he just won everything consistently. And for him to be captain for for how many years was he captain? Like was it fourteen years or something like that? Yeah, something ridiculous. Something like that. Um, and then had that reign for the whole time. He was Origin captain at a young age, Australian captain at a young age. But he was also the best player in the field, probably ninety percent of the time. Whether that be winning a game with his kicking game, he's smart. He looked like he was sweating. He never got ran over in D. Like, I'm out. Sorry. Like, he obviously got beat a couple of times in defense towards the back end of his career and things like that. But I mean, 
he was the best at putting himself in great positions and he's seen him in great positions to win and um, got nothing but respect for him. I think we were speaking about it. Everyone looks at like, or wants to have a crack at him about the ref situation and I love how he can have a giggle about it. But I mean, when you're that influential and, and you can get a referee on your side because you're that great, I mean, it says volumes about you as a player, doesn't it? In, in my opinion. Oh, mate, like Brett Morris was great because he was so quick. There's a couple of forwards here that are so great because they were so strong. Smith was just the smartest guy on the field. It's If you can take advantage of referees, why not? If you can take advantage of whatever you can on the field, go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> crazy, it's crazy to think that being so charismatic is such a great skill set in rugby league, but it works. The thing I laugh about is he didn't need no ref. Like, yeah. he went off his left. He went off every time he got 15 metres out, good luck stopping the middle because he'll just put him over. And uh, he's just so great, man. Like, to play hooker for the 400-odd games he played, to never get a serious injury, to make 50 tackles a week, to set up all the tries he did, and then to goal kick at a high level under that much fatigue, pressure. Like, it's crazy to me how good he, how good he was. Like, I don't think we'll ever see another Smith for a very, very long time. Like, someone from nine can just dictate a game like that. Like, we've seen some great nines. Like, if there was no Smith... I would have picked Badiris for sure, but they played the game differently. Badiris was tough, great pill, leader, courageous, whereas Smith was just all round, smart, just detailed. And then to add the the tackles with the goal kick and with the captaincy, with the premierships, with the origins, the Australian thing, and everyone loved him as a as a bloke and a leader that played with him. Like, how, how do you knock that? And mate, you you mentioned Danny Badiris there. Is it not the greatest credit to Cam Smith that? I think I think Danny Badiris won the Dally M in 03. He was the best player in the game. He was on his way to being the best hooker of all time. And then I think he took a kangaroo tour off for his wedding and Cam Smith stepped in. And it was the last time Badiris ever played for the Kangaroos. He never got the jersey back and he just exited the hooker conversation within three years. Nothing to do with Danny Badiris, just how good Cam Smith was. Joey always credits a lot of his stuff to, to Danny, doesn't he? To Betsy. Yep. So, I mean... I mean that's a that's a fair compliment if um, Joey's given you a lot of sort of credit for what he was able to achieve. And I mean, if you look at it, a lot of our origins when we used to dominate, Danny was at the forefront of that and was the leader of that too. So I mean, as I said Cam Cam's going to be in everyone's team. He's the greatest player of all time, arguably, and which would obviously make him the greatest hooker. But without him, I would have went for um, for Danny for sure. Oh, I always say that but if Cam Smith didn't exist, it'd be a dead heat for me. Steve Walters and Danny Badiris as two, um, the best hookers. Yeah. Steve Walters, another unbelievable guy. Even guys, you know, you go back to, um, you know, Balmain Tigers, Benny Elias. Like, he was essentially playing halfback out of hooker, like in an era that yeah. it was just, you weren't meant to play like that. Your, your hookers were were tradies that could just pass, and that was it. There was nothing more. They, they would pass and they would tackle. Benny just turned it in, just flipped it on its head. Let's uh, let's dive into the front rowers, mate. And, you know, Two champions, two very different footballers. Once again, one's an immortal. Let's start with Artie Beats, and obviously a bit more upside to his game. You came through at the Roosters. I imagine uh, there would have been a couple yep. of conversations with Artie. I remember growing up as a kid watching him play squash at the SFS, and mate, he wouldn't move, but he'd win every point. It was unreal to watch. Just... He's an icon in, in so many more ways than one. Um, he was more than just a rugby league player. He was a pioneer and he was a leader of leader of men. And to come through the Roosters system and to learn about Artie and what he did for not only uh, the Roosters, but the game in, in a whole, um, you know, I, I wish I got to 
to spend a lot of time with him and, and get to fully know him. He's um, apparently one of the greatest people anyone's ever met and he's certainly one of the greatest players. I mean, for doing what he did for the Origin, for the Origin game and, and to be playing playing that and the way he went out and dominated and he was a leader and then he turned into a scout for the Roosters and scouted some of the greatest players that the Roosters have had come through their system and just an all-round all-time great and immortal and um, yeah, he was impossible to leave off the list. You mentioned him being a scout at the Roosters. I remember being at Wentworth Park. There was, uh, you know, it was like an SG Bull trial or something. I, I was there watching a few mates, and there was all the Rooster selectors. And then about 15 meters down the track, there was Artie just sitting on his own chair with his own umbrella. It was a hot day. He was sitting there, and you had these selectors who were sitting there talking scrapbooks out, doing all this shit, writing stuff down, clipboards, and then. At the end of every half, one of them would walk over to Artie and he wouldn't have a bit of paper with him. And he, I, like you could tell by what he was doing, he was just saying, you know, number three, number two, number four, blah, blah, blah. And then you'd see this guy go back to this little huddle of selectors and they would just be changing everything they did based solely off what yeah. Artie said. And it, it, honestly, it looked like he was half asleep watching there, but he just had he just had an eye for it, didn't he? Yeah, a lot of the boys I played with at the Roosters at the time, I think got picked up by Artie. So, I mean, um, they had a fair few cool stories to tell about how he picked them up from like their local competitions and things like that. But as I said, he was a pioneer, wasn't he? Like what he did for the game in terms of especially the origin arena and, and things like that. And um, being a Rooster supporter as a kid and, um, you know, supporting the club since I, I could really walk. Um, yeah. Artie beats and uh, rest his soul, obviously. But um, yeah, what a, what a player, what a person. And he was definitely going to be my front rower. I was coaching a, uh, I was coaching like an under 12s, Sydney schools team about three months ago and there was one kid who was playing really strong really good just tough as nails and um, after it he came over and he, he said oh hi I'm um, I'm Billy and I went oh yeah good on you mate blah 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 and then I go well I can't see a Billy he goes oh I got here late my name's on the bottom and I went to the bottom and it was Billy Beetson I said, I said yeah. oh Beetson and he goes yeah he's my grandfather and straight away it made sense it was it was insane watching this this big fella who could offload who could pass who could do it all at 12 years old just insane but uh, Artie Beetson just something else and it's funny you, you mentioned obviously a, a lot of your mates signed by the Roosters I mean when it, well, I spoke to Chris Flannery Anthony Minicelli Craig Fitzgibbon they were all 15 years before you and they all had the exact same stories of how Artie found them and they won a premiership in 02 and three grand finals in a row. Just crazy. It's a special bloke to be able to be that kind of player. Um, touched on it four times already, but the origin thing. But then to be able to have an eye for talent and want to give back to the game in, in a different way by getting people to go play for the club that you were so great at and things like that too. So, I mean, yeah, just an all-round special person. And um, like my dad's spoken to me about him before, obviously, um, seeing him in the flesh and things like that, he was just—he was just different, you know. He—he he sort of started that offload, that big man that could move and 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 slip a pass and things like that too. So, everyone that sort of changed the game in in their own ways in this team, and um, he's definitely one of them people. Front row, mate, probably didn't change the game, but just did it better. Did what he did better than what anyone else did before. Shane Webke, um, you know, you 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 don't. You don't line him up with, you know, uh, good ball skills or, you know, having X factor, but, mate, just the toughest bastard around. Oh, mate, I would have I would have hated to play against him. Like, watching him play, him and Petro together, special, bro. Like, that's probably the best. Not one-two punch, because, like, obviously, one-two punch, we refer that coming off the bench, don't we? But, I mean, duo up front in terms of size, strength, physicality, will to win, 
those two men with different gravy, eh? Like, I sort of put them in – before we go to it, I've got Petro on, on my bench, for example. But Webkey, like, I heard a story. Wayne Bennett tells his story about when they were doing a, a Broncos camp um, and they had to – to, to kayak or something some, something like that and he didn't want to do it Webke he was blowing up but then when they got there he was the only bloke that carried all the canoes off the off the bus and put them put them in the water and then he done it and he won it so I mean like he was just a leader of men and, and the way he played he was just no bullshit was he like Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Spoken to people that have played against him um, at an origin level and things like that, and they just knew they were in for a fucking hell of a night. I, I've heard like Willie Mason. I, I, I remember Denon told me that Willie Mason said that when he first went into the Kangaroos camp, Shane Webke was, you know, obviously the big dog in the camp, and Webke would on nights out just drag them out to whatever grass was out the front of whatever pub they were at to get the young guys coming in the team just to run at him. And he would just oh. absolutely demoralise them. <laughs> and that was just the sort of fellow. It's scary to think, mate, you obviously mentioned Webke's in this team and you've got Petro on your bench. And, I mean, they still had Wendell and Lottie on the wings. Like, imagine just having those four dudes coming in for hit-ups. Just Broncos team, that Broncos team where they're all in, would have a case for the, the greatest regular season team ever, wouldn't it? Like, we've ran off in the Walters boys, Petro, Webke, was Talis there as well? Yeah, young Talis, Brad Thorne. Like, it was... Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, it's it's a special group of men they had there at Brisbane, but whenever I talk to Wayne, Webkey's always someone he brings up. So, I mean, to have him and Artie, you can't go wrong in the front row. Two big, powerful, intimidating men. One could offload and one would just bash you, bash you all day. So, I mean, um, yeah, he, he was a pretty simple choice for me, Shane Webkey. I got to watch the back end of his career. Went to a lot of live games when he played the Dragons in Wollongong and he'd always make a difference, put it that way. Mate, you mentioned, obviously, Artie Beetson, the skill set, Webkey, just bash you. Mate, these two back rowers, <laughs> they are just... They, they, they are where bash you and skill set you out of a game, meet each other. Let's start with Sonny Bill. Um, I mean, mate, I, and I'm sure you would remember, it's 2004, he made his debut against the Eels. He was playing out in the centres. I think he had two tries at halftime and he laid on the flick pass. He'd done it all. Um, obviously some controversy when he left and whatnot and then he came back walked into rugby league won a premiership six months later in a team that hadn't really done that well the year before crazy to think how quickly it all turned around and then since then I mean Sonny B. Williams isn't a footballer anymore he, he's a brand it's unbelievable what he's done this is the for me and this is just my own personal opinion and everyone would have seen different he's the greatest talent I think rugby league's ever seen ever like to be that big to move that well to be able to ball play to be able to hit to be able to offload to be able to defend in terms of like checking and getting off leads to be that smart to be that humble to be that good looking like what like it's not what, fair nothing, it's not fair bro like but the thing that I've always um, admired about Sonny is how he's treated me like obviously I went through a bit of shit there at the Roosters and, and things like that but he was always one bloke that 
um, just treated me the same as he'd treat anyone else. And, and that's the sign of a, a really good man that um, I never had issues with son at all, not once. And instead of going with the flow, kind of, he, he took the high road and, and, and took me on, on how we were together. And that's one thing that I'll always appreciate and respect about him and just a freakish talent and, and actually pinch myself that I got the chance to play alongside him because what he did in the game and, and what he did for the All Blacks, the Roosters, the Dogs, everywhere he went, he, he pretty much won or, or nearly won. Do you know what I mean? So he boxed. And as you said, for a rugby league player, to be a global Adidas ambassador with like Lionel Messi and people like that, you've got to be a different sort of breed. So, yeah, Sonny Bill, what a, what a man, what a player, what a, what a human. Insane. And, mate, the other guy you picked in the back row, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to your debut. I think you were playing with Sonny Bill and playing against Sam Burgess that night. Oh, I think last time we spoke, you told us about how he, he gave you a little spray as you came on the field. You must have absolutely shit yourself. You know, when, when this podcast, I forgot to tell you, when the podcast come out, um, he messaged me and he goes, ha, 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 I remember that night. Um, <laughs> That's unreal. Just wrote back, ah, yeah, thanks, mate. But I felt like, oh, fuck, I'll beat you. Do you remember that night? You scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but um, uh, Sam Burgess, like, I mean, I can't speak highly enough of, like, the interactions I've had with him as well. Like, And then to be a part of that Great Britain set up and then, to hear him, to hear him speak, like mate, honestly, if if someone was a prototype of, of talking and then going and doing it, or didn't have to say a word, but he'd go out and do it, Sam was the guy. I remember like, I played with George over in the in the Super League. I also got to play with Luke, and I played with Tom for Great Britain, which is random. I played with all three at different times, but uh, Wayne, obviously our coach. I keep going back to Wayne because he's got so many stories. He's been around and coached that many people, but. Um, he told us a story about when he had Sam at halftime once. I, I, or did Sam tell me? One of them would tell him anyway. He wasn't playing his best game, Sam. He wasn't going into contacts as hard as he would. His body was like down. Apparently, he was like in the in the toilets, like he was he was haunching over, like uh, hunching over, like the sink. Sorry. And um, Wayne's obviously walked in there to do a piss at halftime, and he's gone. Fuck me. Are you going to be Sam Burgess the rabbit? Are you going to be Sam Burgess the best forward that's ever played? And apparently he said, fuck off, Wayne. He went out there, won the game with his own, just started smashing blokes, terrorising them. But yeah, if you if you need a colossus and a leader that's just going to intimidate and, and, and go after the opposition's best player, like fucking hell. I remember the night where when he went after Sonny, the first game Sonny come back, he went out of his way to go after him and, and not many people could get the, be- the best of Sonny at all. And it was a pretty good fucking battle that. And I would have hated to be in between it, but inspirational, inspirational person. And even just watching him on the, the SAS, like how open and honest he is as, as a human and the accountability he has for, for everything um, rugby league related, life related. And then to go on to that show and to show how mentally and, and physically strong he is still with a bad shoulder. I mean, um, he's an inspiration. Um, Sam Burgess is an athlete, no doubt. And, um, I had to have him in the team. Mate, you could pick those two back rowers and then pick 11 other planks of wood and your team would be okay. They're just those two sorts of footballers, aren't they? And like, leadership man with those two you don't even need anyone else to speak like those two alone just carry so much weight in terms of um leadership and talent in their in their little fingers it's not even funny and and but they're two really humble blokes that give back to the game obviously sam in a coaching capacity and sunny doing what he doesn't stand but he's got that real good leadership role he's obviously helped quade get back to his best footy and like 
I know it's completely off topic, but I'm loving watching what Quaid's doing for the Wallabies, just playing carefree Quaid Cooper footy that that made him so great ten years ago. I used to have my Facebook. I used to have um, QC as like one of my th- oh, um, not Facebook. What's the other one called? Um, Bebo. Bebo. It was Jesus. like. <laughs> There was a QC with Quade Cooper, like midair doing a step as my background picture. Like I loved him. And um, I, I appreciate what Quade's gone through as well. He's a bit like Sonny gone, and Sam as well, like going through a bit of stuff. And, and now they're complete role models and, and people genuinely look up to them. And um, the way they all approach their life now um, after the stuff they've been through is um, pretty inspirational, really. So I've taken a lot from them and, and just try to apply it in my everyday life and, and hopefully become um, a good person like they all have. As you said, completely off topic, but but it's hard not to appreciate what Quay Cooper has done and how his character arc has changed. He was the he was the scapegoat. He was the guy that the media would blame on everything. He's now walked into this Wallabies team who, you know, I don't follow rugby union all that closely, but to me, 18 months ago, they looked like a busted asshole. All of a sudden, I kind of want to watch them, and it's solely because of Quaid. Yeah, mate, look, him and James O'Connor in 2000, oh, don't quote me. 11, I think it was. 11. When 11. they won it? Yeah. Because James, James O'Connor's another one that gets beat up a bit in the media and, and he sort of, I hate this word reform because it's bullshit. Like he's, he's changed a lot in his life and, and now people see him for the person that he is and, and those two are now really well respected and, and playing high level rugby. But yeah, Quade Cooper makes watching rugby union fun, bro. Like the no look passes and, and he, and like, you know what I loved that that goal kick he kicked from fifty out um, up there at the Goldie in his first game back, and he just stood there and he didn't celebrate, didn't carry on, was just so appreciative of the moment, and, and he was in the moment. He wasn't trying to run around to get the cool Instagram pic. He actually just appreciated the moment he was in because of what he's been through. So stuff like that like, sort of resonates with me, and and got a lot of respect for guys like that. And um, yeah, it's good to see him all doing well. And if you're one of those people that has hated Quade Cooper for a decade now, that would have been the worst moment imaginable for you, watching him kick that goal and then stay humble as all hell in a moment where you could excuse him for carrying on like a complete and utter flip. It just it shows who Quade Cooper is now. 100% proper leader and role model within the community. And um, even uh, social media can go one or two ways. It can it can look sort of fake and, and look like everything's going well or you can get real and, and his latest Instagram posts about how um, the Wallabies didn't perform really well, but he was glad it's ugly because you can take less. Like, stuff like that's really good to read as like another athlete. And and, the, and as for kids coming through that, like you don't have to try and, um, I don't know, get in your uncle's Range Rover and take a selfie to look cool. You can you can post a photo after you lose and cop a bit of criticism because it's all part and parcel of what we do. You know what I mean? Like I posted a photo over the Super League this year, but we lost five in a row. And on the fifth game, I put a photo up and I was like, I just wrote something like, look, it's fucking easy to post a photo when you win, but we're lost. We've got to be better. And just taking accountability for it. And a lot of people respect you for the fact that you're willing to put your neck on the line when it's not going so good. And yeah, I've just got to, uh, I've taken a lot from characters like them three. And um, yeah, just that I'd love to chat to like them all individually one day. I'm, I'm going to go get Sunny's book as well because. I've heard a few of the stories, obviously, like we all have, but like to read in depth would be would be awesome. And I still remember, you know, last thing on Quaid, but I remember when I first saw them release that jersey with Cabri on the front, and I thought, yellow with a purple sponsor on the front, that looks hideous. Now that I see Quaid in it, 
it looks like one of the best Wallabies jerseys I've seen. It's unbelievable the impact he's had. Yeah, mate, it's it's crazy. Like he um he's another one that's sort of like with the with the tide in terms of like the American sports team of like dressing nice and and things like that too. So like the game's changed, man, and people have got to embrace it. Like I don't know um the people that are that are old school and things like that don't like people wearing necklaces and and all this sort of stuff, but. Uh, the game changes and, and the world changes and this is the world we live in people dress nice people wear um, nice jewellery and you're still humble if you do that but it's just how you decide to look so I mean he's part of the game changing social media changing and, and he's doing it for the better too so full credit to him Mate I asked you 20 minutes ago who are your best back rowers and somehow we've spoken about Quay Cooper for 10 minutes it's unreal yeah. let's move back to your yeah. 13 your lock forward and I believe this is another position that you changed a little bit. Uh, I'm very happy with where you landed, though. We mentioned Steve Rogers, criminally underappreciated. Bradley Clyde, right up there with the very best of them. I think he's the best lock forward we've ever seen. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't get spoken about uh, enough. Like, during discussions for, for greatest teams ever, greatest players ever, uh, positionally-wise, Brad Clyde sort of made that Raiders team tick, didn't he? I mean, like, if you look at their team with Meninga, um, they, um, sorry, Ricky, Laurie, Meninga, like all these headline acts. But Brad Clyde was still probably the best player on their team. I think they'd all be happy to admit that. Like just work, work he does. It kind of reminds me of what Cam Murray does for Souths in a, in, a, in, a, in a different sort of way. Obviously, the game's changed, but that's the impact he had on that Raider side. I mean, if you look at that Souths team, littered with superstars but if you take Cam Murray out sometimes the wheel doesn't spin the way that it does when he's in there and I think the Raiders side when they were so dominant was a bit like that with Brad Clyde too so I mean I, I was tossing up putting Sam at 13 and, and putting Gordon Tallis or something like that in the back row um, I had Boyd Cordner in and out because of what I'd seen him do on a personal level and how inspirational he was as a player but then when I thought about it you can't leave Brad Clyde out of your starting 13, in my opinion, too. So, yeah, he's he's made it in there. Oh, I've got an Instagram post lined up that hopefully it'll be out for when people are listening to this. But I found an old try that he scored where he gets tackled on his own 40, he plays the ball, and Steve Walters dummies to the right, and then both the markers split, and he goes through the middle anyway. He gets to the fullback and he draws and passes. And guess who's there? Bradley Clyde, the man that played the ball on the 40-meter line. You know rugby league pretty well. How often do you see the guy that plays the ball score a try? Even more so, how often do you see a guy that plays the ball in his own half score a try off one pass? You know the only time I've ever seen that again was at Magic Weekend when Nathan Cleary scored a hat-trick. He done that. um, Yeah? Yeah. I'm making myself sound like more like a footy nerd every time we talk, but <laughs> I watch every... I remember Nathan Cleary literally got tackled. I think it was happy that scooted 50-meter break and as he was about to tackle, he popped it up for Nathan and he scored a hat-trick. So, I mean, to see it once in, what, how many years ago did Brad play? 20? Yeah, about it's that. A long time in between drinks, put it that way. Once again, Nathan a halfback, Bradley Clyde a forward. It's pretty crazy to think about. He He just could do things that other guys weren't. There's not many guys that take a hit up and then sprint through the middle another 60 metres to get the ball back and score untouched. It's uh, yeah. And it's such a small part of his career, obviously, but it just shows the sort of stuff that he was capable of. Yeah, for sure. Like, as I said, like to, he played in a team full of absolute icons of the game. And out of all of them, he's probably the least appreciated or 
underappreciated would probably be the word. So, I mean, um, yeah, what a footballer. And um, if you ask anyone that played against him or played in that era, they would say he's one of, if not the best players in, in that sort of in that sort of time too. Now, mate, one hell of a 13. Slater, Morris, Inglis, Rogers, Wendell, JT, Joey, Beats and Smith, Webke, Sonny Bill, Sam Burgess, Bradley Clyde. I normally just do a 13, but I know you've picked a bench for me too, and I don't know who these guys are yet. I could probably have a guess at who they are, but hit me with your bench. Who have we got? So I'll, I'll give you the four. I went Freddie at 14 because I'm, I'm a massive Freddie fan. I know you are. I know you love Freddie, but I'm a huge Freddie fan. Um, obviously, Rooster supporter. He helped me out a lot when I was at the club, but like just the way he played that uh, grand final against the Warriors, inspirational when he got smashed across the head, piss and blood, one in the game. Um, love Freddie, so he's my 14. It's, it's crazy with Freddie that as much as you haven't picked him in this side, if you would have picked him at 13, 6 or centre, I would have been like, yeah, yeah. fair enough. That's the sort of football so, that he is. I was just about to say, I almost picked him at centre and then I didn't want to disrespect Steve Rogers. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to pick him at 13, but then I was like, Brad Clyde, and I was like, well, if I need a utility, someone that can literally play anywhere, Freddie's my guy. So I've gone Freddie, Talis, Sivanasiva, Lazarus. Oh, Lazarus, I love that one. Another guy that I don't think gets picked in these things enough. Well, there you go. Like, I mean, I, I try to actually pick it on a basis if we were going to play too. So yeah. I mean, if you take Beats and a web key off and you put Sivanasiva and Lazarus on, you can't go too wrong, can you? And if Brad Clyde needed to break, you put Burgess to lock and you put um, Talos on an edge. Like you can't go you can't go too wrong. No, mate, you're all. in a you're in a good spot. If any of your backs get injured, you, you can move Freddie, you can move Sonny Bill out there. You are no, you you're well handled. Who mate, that, that that's obviously your your best seventeen. Who were the guys that were the unluckiest to miss out or when when you look at those seventeen names, who, who's the next few guys that you're like, fuck, I wish I had a spot for them? Well, I went, I wrote Lockyer down yep. and I was like, do I make Lockyer? Like, I almost, you know, what? Well, I almost had him fullback and then I thought, fuck, like, how can I not pick Slater? So Lockyer's definitely one. Meninga's another one, like in the centres. Um, Lottie Takiri was another one. Brett Kenny was another one. Like, yep. Crimin, like, he was so underrated, I reckon. Like, his career was unbelievable. Eric Gross Senior was another one. And I almost went Steve Renoff as well, bro. Like, yeah. When I was at Wigan, I learned more about Steve Renoff because of how good he was at Wigan. But, man, he was a player. And you know who else? You know who else I was going to chuck in there? Um, uh, Ellery Hanley. Yeah. For the Pearl. Almost got him in there as well. But, um, yeah, they're the guys that, like, off the top of my head, well, not off the top of my head, that I thought about that put him in there. But then I thought, how do I leave? So I made a team. I wrote down my 17, and then I changed a few – and I thought to myself, oh, this guy needs to be in. But then I couldn't take anyone out. Yep. So, I mean, definitely. And I went with and then I put uh, Big Ben Toss, Wayne Bennett, head coach. Yeah, good choice. I, I I think the one guy you mentioned there that stands out to me as the guys that missed out is, is definitely Darren Lockyer. I think that as far as these teams always go, I've done a handful of these. And, mate, he's always seems to be the unluckiest guy. And it's the same conversation every time. Wanted him to pick him at fullback, couldn't leave Slater out. Wanted to pick him at 5'8", couldn't leave Freddie, Joey, Wally, Lewis out. Uh, he's almost he's almost a victim of his own success in multiple positions. And it's it's funny. Yeah. It's like if I said to you, oh, Darren Lockyer just got made an immortal, you'd be like, yeah, fair enough, 100%. Like it's crazy how, how much depth there is in these sides. Yeah, like, I mean, that's what, that's what I always look at because I'll – 
you can have Lockie and Freddie's probably similar. You know, like Freddie obviously made his name as a six, but killed it at 13, killed it at centre. Could probably kill it wherever he wanted, to be honest. He was that big and strong. But I mean, they're the ones that are hard to fit in because if you've got a guy that's played 15 years and dominated at one position and those two were so good at multiple, it's just, it's hard to leave the other guys out. So, I mean, um, yeah, I think Lockyer deserves to be an immortal from everything I've heard about his presence and, and watching him play. He definitely had that presence on the field. So, um, it'd be no shock to me at all if, if he's named an immortal in the near future. Jacko, mate, uh, we thoroughly appreciate your time this week. Came on earlier, t- told a bit about your story, a little bit of what's going on, heading back to the West Tigers, and then coming on today to uh, name your dream team. Been unreal to catch up with you, mate, and uh, hopefully we can hopefully we can catch up for a beer at some point next year, just quietly. Yeah, well, well um, first and foremost, obviously, thanks for having me on, mate. Always appreciate it. It's always a good chat. Um, I love I love talking to footy heads about footy. Obviously, it's it's always good, but. We'll have to get Kempy to get some of his beer out and, and we can all go for a beer and, and, and have a bit of a chat. We can talk about something else maybe instead of footy, but no, I always appreciate your time, mate. Love what you're doing. I love what, to be fair, I love what you're doing. I love what you, um, Kempy and Finchie are doing and I love what the YKTR Sports Boys are doing too. It's making it it's making it fun to listen to people talk about rugby league. It's not always X's and O's. It's like the human side of the game and, and people being able to speak on their own behalf. So you thought you guys are sort of setting the the tone of where sort of the media is going, I guess. And um, yeah, I just want to congratulate you on everything you're doing and, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate that, mate. Just just off the dome, have you thought about getting into that sort of field yourself at all whilst you're playing? Yeah. Yeah, a few a few people have um, have reached out. They, they want me to just sort of start playing again and, and get my feet back under me and and, and let me be me for, for a few weeks before uh, doing anything. But a few people have reached out, uh, sort of got the... They just sort of see a bit of talent in that space there for me in terms of IQ and um, the way I speak too. So, I mean, uh, the right opportunity popped up. I'd love to get involved in it, whether that's doing something similar to what you do or I'd love to work alongside someone, I think, if you know what I mean, like had a partner in, in doing something in that space and being able to get people on or even doing the Fox stuff, that, that interests me a bit. Like I've got interest in sort of different areas, coaching, is one space that I'm very interested in, player agent. Like there's all these different things I'm sort of interested in. But whilst I'm playing and I can do the media side of things, I'd love to. Um, obviously passionate about the game, love talking about the game and, and love watching footy too. So, I mean, um, yeah, hopefully something falls into place and I can I can do a bit of work in that area. I think there's definitely an avenue for you there, mate. I'm going to I'm gonna let you go now, mate. Wish you very best over the next year or so and I uh, look forward to catching up again soon, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Well, I appreciate it. Talk to you, Renee.